G'day guys and girls and welcome back to the second part of this week's podcast where we're breaking down round seven of the AFL season. Now, in breaking news, in breaking news, breaking news in the <laughs> as we in finished the, off the short break as we were as we were finalising the editing of this first part of the podcast uh, and reviewing some numbers and reviewing some uh, some figures and averages and talking more. You've convinced me to get Tom Rockliffe into my side, <laughs> and it hurts because he's burnt me so many times. But this uh, is I've got to trust. This is a prime example of that whole "don't let your pride get in the way." And I was letting he's my burnt, pride get in the way. He's burnt me so All many right. times. But look at his run. All right, look at his run. Look at his numbers for the year. He's had two bad games. He's in there. He's he's in my side. It it cost me only a hundred k. And and I've got 160k left in the bank for next week. I'm I'm happy about it. I don't want to speak about it again. So <laughs> we're, we're moving on. North v cats. North v the cats. So the big story here was Tim Kelly. I mean, he how good was Tim Kelly? 141 mm. as a forward. He was on negative three 20 minutes into the first quarter. It yeah. was stupid good. Yeah, that was nuts. I mean, two goals, seven tackles, three marks in there with four. What, what's that? 36 disposals. Yep. He was everywhere, and he um, at the moment. I, I see a lot of people throwing around top five players of the competition. He's a top five player of the comp at the moment. I don't quite agree with that, but he's a top ten player for sure. Like there, there are a top echelon of guys, and people often forget about uh, forwards and uh, and defenders, key defenders in particular. Players like Alex Pierce, who is playing amazingly at the moment, mm-hmm. um, and a lot of people just pick those midfielders. But he is a top ten player at the moment for sure. No he, yeah, absolutely. He's smashing uh, it. And, and in fantasy, he's a must-have. If you don't own Tim Kelly, get Tim Kelly into your side. You're playing fantasy wrong. Absolutely. And talking about uh, upcoming runs, his next month he has the Dogs, Gold Coast, Sydney, Richmond. Which is really good for him. A little bit of a worry for Gary Ablett owners uh, because he's going to get rested at some point. Um, and it's Gold Coast away as well, isn't it? Uh, it is Gold Coast away. So I reckon Gary Ablett gets the rest this week. Uh, be interesting to see if maybe... Next week. They've ne- got bullies this week. Sorry, yeah. Um, uh, but it'd be interesting to see if Paddy Dangerfield gets a rest maybe before the bye as well. Yeah, possibly. Um, I, I I wouldn't think that he should, but Chris Scott is really becoming the worst coach <laughs> when it comes to team changes, team selection, rests, and when he's actually talking in advance about the fact that he knows he needs to rest certain players, that's a little bit of a worry. He manages younger players like Jordan Clark. We've seen that. Like Constable. I've got nothing with the fact that they're managing players. It's just there are some teams that are very upfront about it. And yeah. we as fantasy coaches know early in the week, Geelong, you're waiting until the last minute. The very last minute to find out. Uh, so, Charlie... And I'd be... Just on if they're going to be resting guys, I'd be wary if I was them resting too many guys against Gold Coast. Mm. They're, yeah, they're not winning games, but they're pushing a lot of teams. They might they might rest one or two, I would suggest, I, because their their backup players are good enough. Like Charlie Constable in this game, 107 fantasy points. Mm. He had 27 disposals with 10 marks. He looked terrific as well. He had. Um, six contested possessions in there as well. Yep. So nice no, no, that, that's all good. That's all good. Um, but my point is just if you go into a game against Gold Coast resting two of your guns, yeah. like you're suggesting with maybe Ablett and Danger, mm-hmm. that's creating a mindset of, oh, we're going to win this. It's an easy one. Mm-hmm. That's exactly the game you're going to lose against Gold Coast. Yeah. 
so some of the other players who did particularly well in this game, Jordan Clark as well, for keeper owners, 95 in this game. He's going to be a great player. Bizarrely, he hasn't <laughs> done anything since the first fortnight of the year. Comes in for 95. Also, this is a game where Zach Tui and Tom Stewart were both playing as well. Tom Stewart did get injured. Yeah, Clark did play the on the wing a little bit though. Yeah, true. So uh, freed him up a little bit. Now, Tom Stewart... With that injury, so that was mm. um, was it in like the neck or was it a concussion thing? Yeah. yeah, so that's going to be one to watch for salary yeah. cap owners. Um, we've got Tom Hawkins was injured as well. Gary Rowan, not as, and also Tom Atkins. If you were one of the coaches who had Tom Atkins as oh. two on your field. That sucks. Yeah, it really does. I mean, there was a distinct possibility that a lot of coaches had thirteen points from Tom's not Tom Tom Atkins. And Jack Ross this week with injuries at early. Yep, that sucks. Uh, unfortunate. But we move on. I mean, it's a, it's a game you got to love to hate sometimes. Yep. Uh, fantasy footy. Uh, and Brian Myers is just... He's been the best rookie so far this year. With the possible exception of Walsh. I mean, Walsh but considering is, how is much, number one. But... Considering how much cheaper Myers was, uh, we don't have the exact figures here in terms of their cash generation, but uh, they have been absolute guns and Myers in particular for what we I thought was going to be a very underwhelming yeah. you know maybe play one or two weeks he's a small forward in one of the best sides in the comp he's not going to yep. keep his spot in the side he's clearly I, in their best 22 I, I think you might be putting a little bit too much weight on the unexpected Walsh is clearly the number one rookie for the year oh, no, he's no. 5k less than 600 he's 595k mm-hmm. for the year Yeah. how much is Myers? Uh, I couldn't tell you off the top of my head but he's um, where is he? 484. 484. And he was, he was almost 100k cheaper, though, than Sam Walsh. Yep, yep. So he started off on 170k. Sam Walsh started off on about 260. Yeah. So they've both generated essentially the Pretty same similar. amount. And Myers has a low break even, which he could easily meet given his run at the moment. Yeah, no, no, so there's a distinct chance that he's going to make more money than Walsh, which makes him the best rookie. Yeah, but at this point in time... At this point in time, still yes. Walsh. But I could see Myers overtaking him next week in terms of cash generation. Yeah, I could as well. Um, okay, so some of the other players from the Cats' point of view. Duncan, with that 142, wouldn't be looking at him in salary cap, but for draft owners, pat on the back, well done. All good. He's a, he's a, a good, solid player. He's going to average about 100 for the year, and he's going to have this game every now and then. Yep. Um, okay, we'll move on to the Kangas. Uh, yes. Not again. Not much to talk about here. Higgins always is solid. Yeah. Jumont has been quite solid this Jumont, year. Jumont's been getting it done for draft owners all year, but he's only draft relevant. Is there anything even to talk about? I mean, we've already talked about the fact that we traded in Jack Siebel for some unknown reason last week. He was and, legitimately the best option at that price, and he did Jack Siebel things, um, which is well, how did you describe it to me before we started recording? Well, he basically would get about fourteen or fifteen points in the span of two minutes in a quarter, and then he would get. Two two or three points for the rest of that quarter. <laughs> so the announcers would say his name so many times in that short span of time, and then he would not be mentioned for 20 straight minutes. It was horrifying. But he was still playing midfield. He was. Which is the important thing. So the role is still there, and I can't see that stopping going forward because they have, you know, Zerha has come on a bit. He'll keep his spot. Um, they've got Wood, who's playing half decently. Benny Brown, obviously, up there too. They don't yep. need Zebel as much. Yeah, um, and coming up against Sydney this week, you'd think he probably should do all right in that game. I would suggest so. I think they'll like his Actually, big body in there against Sydney the JPKs and Parkers JPK of the world. Is going to be. Um, Zebel versus JPK is going to be actually quite a good matchup. I think it will too. 
Um, I mean, JPK will win that matchup, oh, but Zebra will get some tackles in there, which will be good for yeah. his points. Um, should we move on to the Hawks and, uh, and Giants? Uh, yeah, I don't think there's really... There's, there's a, North, there's a lot of draft guys, but they're yeah. sort of waiver Don't Don't guys. give them the credit that you're giving them. There's an, a lot of nothing guys at North who, yeah, for fantasy. A of, there's a lot of guys you could stream in the right yeah, scenario, but... Jeez, yeah. you'd be nervous doing it. If you're streaming, like, 85% of North Melbourne's team, they're not a good fantasy side. We've known that for years. And we move on. Um, <laughs> Hawks versus GWS. I didn't see this result coming in... A million years. They no. GWS were my probably biggest lock of the the round the, uh, heading into the weekend. They've been close to mine, and the the Hawks demolished them in the end. Ricky Henderson has been very good this year and was very good again. 125 for him. Sicily jumped up for his good score, 116, mm-hmm. uh, and then Cousins coming back in from injury with 108. I mean, that was just gold. Yeah, uh, And then they had some really good scores to some draft guys like Shields, McAvoy, Hardwick with a 91. Hardwick's been quite solid this year Hardwick's well. been really good this Averaging year. Averaging close to 80 from memory. I, think I was defender. looking at him earlier today, actually. But like, he's owned by like 72% of the 76%. Yeah. But that means that there's 24% of teams, 24% of leagues that don't have him owned. In draft leagues. So if you don't, if you, he's unowned, if you're in a deeper draft league, definitely go and have a look at uh, uh, Blake Hardwick. Um, Jaeger O'Meara was tagged again and he was kept to 72 by DeBoer now we know that DeBoer is one of the harder taggers but this happened last week Um, look I think that Jaeger O'Meara going forward again is just going to be the guy that's constantly targeted by these taggers or by you know lockdown midfielders Mm. Um, I'm I'm definitely not on board Jaeger O'Meara there were a lot of people who said that I was very very wrong about saying that he couldn't be a top 8 midfielder at the end of the year yeah I was um, in that camp yeah <laughs> but um, I've come around to your thinking on this one now it's it's just unlucky because he's just the only guy in there yeah. it's the only guy you need to look at yeah. but although you know they won by 71 to 38 so interesting I think that says more about um, the GWS GWS just didn't give a the, shit the about Giants this game mindset, they, yeah. they were like running about 15 metres away from every single Hawthorne player they just didn't look like they cared yeah. um, okay Heath Shaw 124 for the heater he looked really good and from memory Heath Shaw is actually doing half decently over the past couple of weeks um, let me just see if I can bring up his numbers you're going to have here. to do it my tablet's completely shed itself Mate, your tablet shits itself every no, single week. No, this is particularly bad. It is incredible. Bad. This is particularly bad. <laughs> the amount of research that you do... You do the only research in this podcast, to be fair. I, I, so. To be fair, you talk because I spend most of my time frantically searching for the people you're talking about. <laughs> um, oh, wait. I know I was completely wrong about Heath Shaw. Do not get Heath Shaw into your side. This is just one out of the box. Was, that's and what probably, I wanted to check. I probably, don't think he's done anything yeah. all year. First, I've, I've heard a lot of people talking about bringing him in. I didn't do the an actual look into him. His, his scores. This is and, why you need me. Yeah, this is exactly why I need you. So, yeah, if you're if you're one of those people talking about bringing Heath Shore in, don't bring Heath Shore oh, in. God, no, definitely Heath not. Heath Shore is... No. Look at those numbers. No. Um, okay, so... He's uh, topped 83. We'll say he's topped 84 once this year and it was yeah, this week. no, no. So, I know we had a question involving Heath Shore to that person and so this is just in advance. No. Um, okay, uh, Josh Kelly with 115 was fantastic. Probably one of the only couple of good players. Um, yep. Apart from that, you know, Taranto was good without being excellent. 96 mm-hmm. from him is still solid. Zach Williams is still making you some cash. 
um, in your defense. Canelio was not good. He, the, the worry is he was played in the forward line for 33% and attended his lowest center bounces for the year. I reckon this is just managing. Yeah, ex- exactly. And I think that now that Kelly is back, um, I think that he will be... Cox has an awesome ceiling, but his scoring is not the most consistent. Agreed. And I've been saying this for a couple of years. He spends at least a quarter of every game in the forward line. And he doesn't really touch it when he's up there. Yeah, he needs to have that quarter where he goes almost forty to fifty points, and he yeah. does have a lot of those Most games weeks where he does. But if he doesn't do that, he's not getting to those really good scores that you need from him. Exactly. Um, okay, I think we might move on from there and go to the last game of the round, which was Fremantle versus Richmond. Um, and again, Richmond just looked like they owned this game from the outset. Oh, they were switched on the whole they, game. Yeah. They looked like Richmond of old without some of the well-known players that uh, that participated in the grand final of 2017. Yep. So, yep. Um, from a fantasy point of view, Basha Hooley is averaging 97 this year. The danger with Hooley is... Is injury. Injury. And his also... soft tissues, not great. His soft tissues are very soft. Like They yeah, are the softest so of soft. tissues. So, no, I yep. would not be going He's with Basha like Hooley. camembert hamstrings. He's 610k, I think, though. And averaging 97 as a defender with with a low, low break-even. It's super cheap. Look, I don't hate it, but I feel he's more of a draft guy these yeah, days. Yeah. The days of him being any sort of salary cap relevance, I feel, are mm-hmm. gone. Uh, Brandon Ellis had a good game this week. I, I'm not looking at him in salary cap. Pretty though, much but the same. It, yeah, again, they, Richmond, hamstrings are much we stronger. all know that Richmond have a lot of draft guys. These, yeah. This isn't a salary cap team except for a couple. Uh, Sydney Stack... Was uh, was very solid, and I'd be playing him on your field just mm-hmm. uh, regularly. Um, now, who else have we got there? I just um, want to say quickly, mm-hmm. Shy Bolton, a hundred and one. Don't get sucked in and go after him. No. But this was a spectacular game. Oh, he was fantastic. From, not from a fantasy perspective, from a purely footy perspective, this was amazing. Yeah, I can he, finally see why people have been talking about him yeah. all preseason. Well, he looked like Rioli. Like he did. He, he looked like Cyril Rioli. He, he just he did. He, he was did everything. Amazing. Um, and I know that's a comparison that everyone seems to make to every small forward who has a bit of something about him. But, um, yeah, he just looks so good. But uh, the thing is, he's just not touching the ball much, but just the impact mm. every time he was around the ball. This is another game that just proves how far Dusty Martin has fallen in fantasy. He could only muster 81 points in this absolute drubbing. So yeah. just don't look at him at any stage this year. He is just not good at, at fantasy football. Um, and also, re- I mean, realistically, I wouldn't say he's anywhere near the top 20 players in the comp at the moment. I wouldn't say he's any, maybe even on the top 50 list for me. Watching this game, you don't really notice him. Yeah. he's Like, I can re- distinctly remember maybe two times I remember him getting the ball. Mm-hmm. That was it. Yeah. Um, so, the two that were injured, Toby Dan Curvis, he's missing a lot Six of time. Six to eight weeks. So, you need to get rid of him in draft leagues. Um, yes. If you, in keeper leagues, you can... You can afford to hold because you know he's going to be a full-time ruck going forward. Uh, in a redraft league, if you are contending, um, so if you are towards the top of the ladder, you can afford to bring Toby Nankervis into your side for absolutely nothing. You can yep. give up very little, bring him in, and have him for the run home if you think he's going to help. Yep. Because you've already secured close to, you know, you're, you're if close you're to the top. looking close to being safe for finals. If you own Toby Nankervis and you are in the middle of the pack and you need wins to push for finals, you need to trade Toby Nankervis because you can't afford to hold that. 
So I think it it also depends to what's available on your waivers. Yeah. It, well, if, if you can get a trade for him, is what I'm saying. So you, you'll be able to get something for him from someone towards mm. the top of the ladder. I would suggest because if you put him on the waivers, someone towards the top of the ladder is going to pick him up. Oh, you know, but I mean, if you're trading him for something that's for someone else that's not a ruckman, yeah, and you need to fill that ruck gotcha. void from the waivers. Gotcha. Uh, okay, so and Jack Ross, uh, he looks like he might miss a, a chunk of time. Ankle syndesmosis is a really tricky one. Syndesmosis yeah. of the foot is is just a rotten uh, th- injury to get because yep. the timelines can go from you know two to three weeks one, or one to two weeks right out to almost a season. We've yep. seen that before with a lot yep. of players, so I'd be jumping right off Jack Ross. Yep. Um, Noah Bolter scored 69 um, stepping into the ruck void. Looked very lively around the ground. Mm-hmm. I would not expect he's going to be the lead ruckman next week. No, it's going to so, be Ivan Soldo will probably yes, come in. So don't jump on expecting that he's going to continue this. He will go back to being the backup ruck. Yeah. It so may I, be a bit more of a split in his favour, but he still he won't be doing the the ruck roll next agreed. week. Agreed. Um, on the Dockers' side of the ledger, though, Rory Lobb stepped up as the uh, full-time ruckman, and that was because, obviously, Nan Curvis went down. He had yes. 45 hit-outs, 122 fantasy points. He was actually looking really good before Nan Curvis injured himself. He, he did, don't get me he, wrong. His work around the ground was good. But I doubt that continues on without Nan Curvis going down. So he's not scoring 122 if Nan Curvis doesn't go down. No, but I, I reckon he's scoring... He's 95. I, I reckon 80. He was doing really well around the ground. Yeah, I, re- I reckon he would have got it up to about 80, 80, to, 80 to 85. He, he gets to his average, roughly, for me. Um, because he had 45 hitouts in that. 45. Yeah. yeah. Um, and if Nankurvis is there, he probably has t- 10 to 15 But hit-outs. he probably does more around the ground versus Nankurvis than he does against Bolter, because Bolter can actually keep up with him. Yeah, uh, well, I wouldn't say that necessarily. Bolter was... But playing- Bolter would outplay him around the ground. Bolter is Bolter's way more athletic than him. Than Lob? Yeah. Interesting. I see. In terms of getting to contests. Okay, I was about Lob's to say. Lob's a better I... mark, but in terms of getting to contests. All right, interesting. I, take. My point is you lose you lose a little bit, but you gain a little bit elsewhere. Yep. Anyway, um, we're spending too much time on Lob because he's not Lob. fantasy he's, relevant. He's not fantasy relevant in, in we'll draft leagues. Uh, Nat Fife with 111, like we said, only 700 or mid 730k, something yep. like that. Uh, he's he's an absolute gun to go up and go out and pick up, and he's. Yep. You know, three goals, over 30 disposals in this game. Just an absolute jet. Uh, yes. Who else do we have? It, I mean, realistically, again, a lot Dockers are a lot of draft, draft guys. That that top end really falls away for yeah. Frio. It's Walters basically is having Nat a really five. Good Walters year. is having a solid year, but I wouldn't consider I wouldn't him in salary feel cap. comfortable in salary, no. Um, and David Mundy as well. I just... Yep. He, he's having a good month. But ever since his 300th game, he's playing very well. Mm. But, yeah, I'm still not considering him. Uh, and then Luke Ryan did what Luke Ryan does, yeah. where he, he had some amazing games and he'll get some mid-60s games. Interestingly, Ed Langdon only got 57 in a home game. Oh, wow. Yeah. Nice. No, that's that's normally when he goes 120 Make, as make well. of that what you will. Yeah, exactly. Um, still disappointed by Brayshaw at the moment, at this year. But again, second year balls, I've it hits some much, harder than others. I've pretty much written them off for this year. I'm not yeah. even paying attention to his scores no. at this stage. No. Yeah, I, I think some players especially, it hits hard and, and it's just hard to get out of that hole. Uh, okay, so that is the round that was. Um, if you do have any questions, you know, you can send them through anytime to at extendedbenchau on Twitter. And we're going to go through right now and answer a few of yours from this week. So we've we've actually got a few questions, and hopefully, I think we've covered off a lot of them in the um, 
uh, in the podcast so far. Mm. So the first question that comes in this week is from TMAC, who's asking, in AFL Fantasy, which of Answorth in defence, Drew in the midfield, and Petch is the priority to get off the field? Um, I'm going to go with uh, Petch, oh, because I think... Off the top of my head, he's probably closest to being maxed out in price. Yeah, he. So Petrocelli has. So it doesn't matter about price. I wouldn't say. I think he's talking about get off the field. Oh, so, sorry, I missed it. Right yeah. There. So he's talking about who would you least want on your oh, field? In that case, out of those, Answorth. Answorth for me as well. Um, yep. Because Petrocelli against Melbourne on could, Friday could night. be a good score. Yeah. Um, and also he does like the uh, the bright lights. Does Petrocelli? Yeah, likes being in the spotlight. Yep. Uh, but Drew against Gold Coast in the midfield without Ollie Wines, I think will have a good game this week. So Agreed. He would be last to get yep. rid of. So I go Answorth, Petrocelli, Drew. Yep, one hundred percent. Okay, so the next one is from Roy O'Bannon, who's asking if Nank stays down, do you expect Bolter to pick up more ruck time like he did on the weekend? Look. A marginal amount, yes. but not he's not going to be the lead ruckman. Mm-hmm. He's just going to get slightly more backup time. Yeah, agreed. I don't think... I, th- I agree with you. I think Ivan Soldo is going to come in. He actually had a pretty good game on the weekend, mm-hmm. coincidentally, So, um, but he's not a world beater. So no, but... So the, Bolter so they might will need to step up a little bit. So rather than, you know, Nankervis doing 80% of the ruck and Bolter doing 20, um, it might be something like Soldo does 60% of the ruck time and Bolter does 40. So he will pick up that little bit more, yeah. but he's not going to be the prime ruck. So don't expect wonders from him. However, if you've been holding Bolter, you can expect a little bit more from him yes. this week. Um, so don't go out and chase him, but if you've got him, you can keep him for a little bit longer. Um, question from AJS Hawker. <laughs> it says Andrew Brayshaw and then the emoji for someone slapping themselves in the face this, four times in a row. This could have come from me, to be honest. <laughs> Flick him or keep getting rookies off the field? I'd flick him. Flick him. Flick him. If um, you can combine the two of them and get a rookie off the field and use the cash to upgrade Brayshaw, that's mm. even better. But for me, priority is getting rid of Brayshaw at the moment. Yeah, I, yeah, you need to get rid of Brayshaw for me. He's just doing terrible. Um, question from Kyle Brett. Is Dunkley back? Yeah. We think so. Yeah, I think so. I think the coaches' votes, like we said earlier in the podcast, was the big thing for me. That's the only thing that's convincing me, to be honest. Because Beveridge, the the reason I don't want him in my team is Beveridge. I know how good a player Josh Dunkley is. I know how good a fantasy player he is when he's in the right role. But he he's coached by Luke Beveridge, and he is the worst coach for AFL fantasy because you just got no clue what he's going to do. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I would... I would say that the fact that he was really loving his performance on the weekend says that he's back. Yep. I would be getting him in this week, but as mentioned at the top of this part of the podcast, <laughs> I have been coerced into getting... No, no, Not no. coerced. You make convinced. your own decisions. Not coerced, convinced. I simply put an argument forward and you found it very convincing. Yeah, that's that's true. That's what you did. All right. So we've got a question here from uh, Goonbag Fantasies. Uh, G'day Goonbag who's saying it's, is it the time right to trade Walsh now that his break even is over 100 I'm considering a trade to Dunkley love that that's what I was considering as well yeah, prior, to, prior to my change of heart there so I would 100% look at that because that's only costing you about 100k my, no no sorry I think that's costing you about 60k so let's have a look at uh, Dunkley was Dunkley six hundred and fifty eight k at the moment, and Walsh is priced five ninety five at five eighty five. So that's sorry. costing you what seventy k. 
That's love it. absolutely nothing. <clears throat> if love you're it. if you're doing a downgrade as well, you're probably getting close to 200k from that, so you'll be left with a little bit in the piggy bank for next week. Mate, that is a great trade. And even if he's playing in the midfield for this week, you can switch him into your forward line next week. Yep. No, no issue absolutely. whatsoever. Um, okay, so next question comes from Dudders, who's asking, would you either go Walsh to Constable or Walsh to Tommy Phillips? Uh, I, I would... wouldn't be bringing Constable in at this point. No, he's he's not. He's made his money. Exactly. He's not going to be there long term. Tom Phillips, Tom Phillips though... is a is a big point of difference, and I like the where, where your head's at. I, I'm not sure if he's consistent enough. I think he might be. I'm just checking his numbers. Okay, you uh, see if your terrible, terrible tablet there can. Um... No, it's managed. I have numbers. All right. He's had one bad game for the year. Round three versus West Coast, he scored 49. His last month, he's gone 92, 91, 106, 123. Upcoming run, St. Kilda, Sydney, Frio, and Melbourne. Wow, that's that's a good run. I like uh, it. And it's... So his average this year is 99.6, but his last five is 108.8. Yeah. All right, I like, yeah, Tom I like that. Yeah, bring in Tom Phillips. I would definitely do that over Constable. Um, look, it does suck that you don't own Constable, don't get me wrong, and yeah. you, I'm sure you're looking at him going, right, this is a really good rookie, but he's not going to score like that every single week, and he's made the bulk of his cash. And there may be job security issues, considering, oh, as Jesus you said Christ. in the previous pod, he was the second late in. Oh, my God. Second late in after Joel Selwood came in for all of 10 minutes. Yep. Absolutely I don't think he was in the team for a whole hour. Was it? No, no, I'm pretty sure. I was keeping an eye on it on Twitter because I was, I was... Uh, thinking that Dangerfield might be a last minute out, and I think it was literally ten to fifteen minutes that Joel Selwood was in the team. I might have just been um, slow reporting. I think it was an hour. Okay, so uh, next qu- we've got two here from Dim Slickies, who's asking: first up, do I swallow my pride and go Wits to Grundy, or upgrade Walsh to Tim Kelly? Oh shit, that is a that is a tough question. <coughs> like Jeez. I mentioned, I mentioned earlier that you need Tim Kelly in your side, but you also need. Brody Grundy in your side. Yeah. Grundy's coming up against St. Kilda this week. And that that should be like if we're if we're right, that should be a very, very big game for him. Mm. And uh we've got Tim Kelly coming up against the Bulldogs, and that could also be a very big game for him. Oh jeez. Um, right, so we got Wits and Grundy. It was Wits to Grundy, wasn't it? Yes, Wits to Grundy. So you're looking at Almost a hundred k difference there. Mm. Grundy is probably holding steady in price, and Wits is probably dropping in price. Yeah. So Tim Kelly is priced at six hundred ninety nine k as well, with a break even of sixty seven. If I were you, I'd bring in Brody Grundy this week. That's that's what I'd do. I, I would rather have Brody Grundy in, um, which should still give you a solid score. Yeah. Um, yeah, tough. Uh, I'm. Oh, jeez, I'm have no really clue, torn. You have no clue. So I the think other thing, I'm the other thing, Kelly. The other, see, the other thing for me is Wits is coming up against the Power, who have Lysette and Ryder, and they do yeah. that ruck tagging thing where they've, you know, That's really point. strangled Grundy and they've strangled Gorn in the past. That's a good point. So you could keep Wits, and he could go, you know, a sixty to seventy this week. Um, oh, man, now I'm panicking. I own Wits. Do you actually own Wits? I've had Wits since like round two or three. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, so I would be 
I'd bring in Grundy first. I think if you don't own Grundy, you're really behind the pack at the moment because he is a legitimate captain option every single week. Yeah, your face at the moment is so screwed up. All right, so I'll, <laughs> I'm definitely on the Grundy side of that trade, mate. I, um, I don't know. Because Kelly, even if he has a good game next week, will still be vaguely cheap enough to bring in the following week. Grundy will be up over 800k um, easily after that 149 this week. Yeah, his break-even is 113. 113, so I think. He, he'll do, he should do that. Yeah, uh, and he's priced at 799 this week. Yeah. Uh, okay, next question from Dim Slicky was, my last four captains in draft leagues have been injured, so who do I choose from Zeret, Danger, or Boak? Um, I'm going Zeret. I'm going Zeret based on his, on his matchup. matchup. Yeah, I, I'm just going Zeret. There's no question for me there. Boak's been very, very good, um, but I think... He, yeah, I mean, Boke does have Gold Coast, mm. but Essendon's got Frio. I, I'm going with Zeret. Danger has Bulldogs. Zach Merritt at Marvel Stadium. Yeah, I'm going with or MCG or Marvel. Either Marvel. either place. Yeah, so in Melbourne, definitely going with Zach Merritt. Um, yeah, my gut is is Merritt. Yeah, we got a question from Paul uh, at Louis14, uh, who's asked. What the, what the hell do we do with Heaney? He's fast becoming a spud farmer in his forward line. Um, into the 12th overall. Oh, wow. He's up to 12th overall, so can't afford his putrid scores. Mate, the fact that you've made 12th overall... With Heaney. With he, dragging Heaney along behind <coughs> you. That is a bloody good effort. Good job. Um, Jesus Christ, that's incredible. Um, okay, so... I would be trading him out as soon as possible. If you're up to 12th and you've got Heaney, you need imagine how well you'll be doing if you don't have Heaney. Yeah, I, I would I'm be... I'm moving Heaney on yeah, if I was 100%. you. Yeah, 100%. If you don't have Josh Dunkley, bring Josh Dunkley in for Heaney. So Heaney is 600k. So it costs 58k to get Dunkley in this week. Yeah. That's the obvious trade for me if you don't already own him. And if you don't have... Well, you should, if you're that high, have Travis Boak, Tim Kelly, those sorts of guys. He said he's 12th, right? Yeah, 12th. I'm going to have a look at his team. I'll tell you who he doesn't have. Can you actually have a look at his team? Yep. All right. We're uh, (laughs) we're jumping onto the AFL Fantasy app, which is... All right, his forward line, he's got Boak, Danger, Kelly, Heaney, Myers, and Drew. Yeah, Myers and Drew, you can leave in your side. Dunkley's the man. Absolutely bring in Dunkley, no question. That's the way to go, mate. Yep. Hopefully, and you don't need much cash to do it either. You might have that sitting around in the piggy bank at the moment. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's all the questions we have for this week. We had a few more, but obviously we've answered a lot of them in the podcast. So before we sign off for this week, we've got to play what we play every single week. It's our favorite game. It is Risk It for the Biscuit. So we, we have... Um, uh, Basically, what we want to do here is we want to dive into your waiver list. So these are options that are under 50% owned in Ultimate Footy who can come on for this one particular week. If you've got a terrible matchup you're coming up against, if you've got an injury that's like struck your team and you need someone to fill in, this is the guy who will perform well for you who's really either underrated or hasn't been so good this year but has a great matchup coming against their uh, opposition this week. So... Last week's scores. Okay. How did we go? That's my job, isn't it? That is your job. You're uh, the uh, you're the uh, the archivist, the keeper Ar- of records, archiver, arch- archivist. Keep I, I don't know. There we go. Alrighty, so you went with uh, Adam Chera. No, no. So I think you got sixty Z- something. Zero points. And Sydney Stack. 
Sydney I Stack. I would give you two points for Stack. I would give me two points he for Stack. was very good. Oh, he was great. 96 points. He was fantastic. Yeah. Um, I went with Lockhart. Lockhart, I'd, I'd like give two you points. two points for that. That was a 92 from him as a forward, as a defender midfielder. Yep. Great job from him. My other one was Liam Baker, who was only 65, I think, from memory. Yeah, yeah so not, not enough. So yep. we both got two points this week, so pretty solid round there, uh, which brings me up to, I think, three trailing your five points. So Correct. we're getting there. All right, now... Back into it this week. Yes. I think that you have first choice. I've forgotten by this point, so (laughs) So, I'll claim first. Yeah, so I'm going to give it to you. Alrighty. I am going to go with Benny Brown. Benny Brown. Mm. Oh, he he was the the guy that I threw my... um, My all-in last year. Your very first double or nothing. And he he wasn't even a thing and you just made up a rule on the day. Hey, hey, hey. I don't make the rules. I just enforce them, buddy. Now, that's my line. Uh, So, Ben Brown, 41% owned North Melbourne forward. He plays Sydney this round. His last two games against him, he's got 104 and 72, both last year. Uh, and his last two games, he's had 85 versus Carlton and 96 versus Geelong. So he's tracking well. So he's tracking well. Yeah. So I think he can come in and Sydney's not playing... Sydney's playing awful. ...particularly they're, they're, well. They're terrible. So Sydney are genuinely awful. They, yeah. they just won this game by the skin of their teeth against another team who's not playing well. Yeah. yeah so I'm, I think he should get a bit of delivery and might... Challenge their defensive. I like it. All right. My first pick is uh, I've gone another forward. 29% owned from the Maggies. And that's Callum Brown. I like it. Yes. Yeah, I so, looked at him. Uh, he's averaging 71.8 for the year, which I thought was very solid as a youngster in a, a team full of stars. But it's actually 78.2 over the last five. He's had some great scores in there. He's coming off a 109 last week and he's playing St. Kilda. Now... What, what I love about that is St. Kilda, while it may look on paper like they aren't giving up a whole heap of scores, they've also played the easier teams leading into this season for a lot of it. So that is skewed somewhat since Kilda do give up some big scores to better teams. Collingwood is one of the best teams of the competition. I think Callum Brown's in for a very good score this week. Yeah, I really like him this week. I think he'll go well. Yeah. All right, second pick for you. Ben Ainsworth. Oh, my boy. My, yeah. You can't pick my boy. That the, hurts. The Suns forward centre, 37% owned. He had 88 versus Melbourne in round eight. He plays Port this week. His last game versus Port, he scored 90-something. Uh, I didn't write it he's down. Exactly. <laughs> I didn't write it down. I'm just vaguely remembering. He scored 90-something. This one's more of a gut feel for me. I think Port, it's going to be... Port are going to smash it in the midfield, but I think there'll be a little bit going back the other way, and yep. he might be able to sort of play a little bit of a link-up role. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. I like Ben Ainsworth. I think that he's going to be a very good player going forward. If he played for any other team apart from Gold Coast, he'd be one of the the best up-and-coming youngsters in the comp. Unfortunately, he plays for Gold Coast, so if he plays in the forward line resting up there, he's not going to get much of the ball. And when he does play through the middle, it is sporadically, so... Um, I think he'll go well for the next couple of weeks as well. Hopefully building back up again from that injury he had earlier in the season. Um, No, I like that pick. All right, my second is a 47% owned (laughs) defender forward after the DPPs came in. We talked about him a little earlier. Ah, That's Josh Battle. I like it. All right, so Josh Battle uh, from St. Kilda. He's averaging 69.6 for the year. Nothing major to crow about. 
But that's up to 74.8 in the last five. He's had two hundreds in the last five as well. So he's got the ability to go quite well. And the best thing for me there is he scores very well against teams that supply a lot of inside 50. So uh, if he's playing against... uh, He scored well against uh, West Coast because they brought the ball inside 50 a lot and they were errant. Um, He scored well against Adelaide because they did the exact same thing against St Kilda. So when St Kilda struggle, Josh Battle does well. Because his game is based on reading the ball and And intercept marking. Collingwood... Mm. are one of the best teams at getting the ball inside 50, but they do get a lot of errant kicks in there and bomb the ball forward. I mean, we saw West Coast tear that apart last year as well as some other teams throughout this year uh, when they are errant. So, uh, yeah, I think that Josh Battle will get a lot of intercept marks this week and will be in for another incredible score. So I I think I'm I'm looking at like 85 to 90 plus for Josh Battle this week. Yeah, I'm not convinced he's going to go that high. I'm mostly just excited because I really like Josh Battle. I I like Josh Battle as well. I think um, he's going to be a good player. Just quickly before we sign off, there's a couple of guys I looked at who didn't quite make the 50% cutoff, but Mm -hmm. I'm going to mention anyway because, you know, it might be useful for people. Yep. Um, Lineant, 55% owned versus Gold Coast for Port. You'd think he'd probably do pretty well against Port. Uh, Sam Lloyd, 55%, has Geelong this week. Not so much this week, but next week he has North. I think he could probably go well in that one. Mm -hmm. Hewitt, 62% versus North. North tend to give up a few points. And Duggan, 59% owned, plays Melbourne on Friday night. Um, Melbourne, their forward 50 entries have really not been good. Um, I think all of... Um, the Eagles defenders are probably going to have quite a good Me too. game. Me too. I think it's going to be a really good game for the West Coast defenders. Okay, so that is our podcast for this week. Thanks so much again for joining us. As always, if you have any questions whatsoever, just catch us at ExtendedBenchAU on Twitter. So we are going to be signing off for this week's Round 7 Recap Podcast. We'll be back next week uh, with our Round 8 Review as well as some of our uh, some of our risk it for the biscuit picks, uh, make sure to join us then. And hope you have a great weekend of fantasy footy ahead. Gotcha.